they were once down by 22 points. But your Detroit Pistons came back and got a 10-point win over the Utah Jazz. Tremendous win. Tremendous game. We'll talk about everything we saw in this game on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. And if you haven't already, head over to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button at Lockdown Pistons. It's the best way to support the channel. And if you didn't know this already, I'm your host, per usual, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. And man, while that while our theme song was playing, I was over here getting a little dancing, and you feel me? Because it was it was a good game. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy, man. This is a this was a really good game to watch. There's so many things I want to talk about within this game. I know that I said, I think it was last week now when they beat the Bucks, or about a week and a half ago, one of those two. Uh, I think after that game, I said that that was the best win of the season for the Pistons. I completely changed my mind. This game tonight, or last night when you guys listen to this against Utah Jazz, for me is the best overall team win by the Pistons so far. I think it's the best team win they've had this year. It was a great game. I absolutely loved so many things I saw tonight. We're going to try to talk about all of it today. But man, let's let's try just let's just try to dissect it as much as we can. So, first off, Kay Cunningham. That boy's special, man. That boy is special, man. He scored 18 points in the third quarter alone. He ended up with 29 points. And mind you, he started off the game, I believe, shooting like 0 of 5 from the field. Ended up shooting 10 of 17 from the field. That means he ended up shooting 10 of 12 the rest of the game. He ended the game with 29 points, 8 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. And he was, get this, and once we talked about his counterpart over there, uh, or his partner in crime, he was a plus 22 in this game. Sadiq Bey who also scored 29 points, was a plus 27. Them two were straight up amazing tonight. I want to stick with Cade, though, for a while here. Cade showed tremendous resiliency tonight. Most guys, you shoot over five to start off, they go back and they hide. They fall back a little bit with their aggressiveness. They're not feeling it tonight. They're going to stop forcing things. You feel me? All those kind of things. Cade kept going. He kept shooting. He kept going for it. And he shot himself into a tremendous rhythm and had probably his best quarter of the year and maybe his best game of the year. This this game was spectacular to watch by him. You even had like Utah Jazz beat writers tweeting out saying, you know, we are missing Rudy Gobert, but some of the things we're seeing from Rudy uh, from Kay Cunningham tonight are just flat out ridiculous. He was hitting all kinds of shots. He had a few tremendous drives. He had a few step back threes, pull up threes. He had one really nice drive where he kept his composure, let guys fly past him on a pump fake and finished it easy. He had another and one layup over Hassan Whiteside, who was killing the piston and will be a topic of what we talk about later in the podcast, which will, which is another reason why when we talk about him will be another reason why I enjoyed this game so freaking much. Uh, but yeah, McCade was absolutely spectacular, man. Absolutely spectacular. I don't want to spoil what we're going to talk about in the second segment, but him having eight assists, his playmaking, the way he was able to control the game, it was 
it was just an overall great game from Cade. This game right here highlights why he is the best rookie in this draft. He should be rookie of the year and why he's the best prospect coming into the NBA draft. This was, He showcased everything tonight. And don't think I didn't uh, I forgot about the block he had on Mike Conley after he beat him with about two minutes left in the game. He got a chase down block on Mike Conley to continue the momentum in the Pistons' favor. Just a two-way player. He forced another steal on a spin move by Donovan Mitchell late in the game. It, it was over. It was just a great game from Cade, man. It was just so much fun to see him play this well, to see him start off so slow, but play himself into what could be his best game of the year. That's just it's it's special stuff seeing that right there, man. You can have a game when you're shooting well from beginning to end. But honestly, for me, obviously you don't want to have the bad starts, but what says the most about a player, what says the most about what's in here, what's in that chest, is if you start off slow, you start off playing really bad. Do you shrink and go into your shell, or do you continue to go for the moment and fight through that? Cade started off extremely slow. I tweeted out, are we allowed to talk about how bad Cade's been? Because Cade was playing horrific. He was. For the first, I believe, like, first two quarters, he really was just playing really bad. He picked up a little bit towards the end of the second quarter, but he was not playing well at all. And he didn't let that change anything. He came out for the Utah Jazz's throats, came out there, got the Pistons a win, it was an amazing showcase by Kay Cunningham. Amazing showcase. And if any of you guys happen to miss it, I recommend you guys go back and watch it somehow, whether it's on YouTube, watch his highlights, whether you have the Bally Sports Detroit app and you want to rewatch the entire game. I'm telling you, that was a spectacular performance by Kay and something I'm going to enjoy talking about and something I absolutely enjoyed watching from start through his struggles to the finish of him prevailing over his struggles. It was amazing to see. Uh, Let's give a little bit more of a shout-out to Sadiq Bey as well, who ended the game with 29 points on 10 of 14 shooting. Again, Sadiq is keeping it simple for himself. No more long, drawn-out uh, isolations. He's getting threes up, like we've been saying, quick, quick, quick. As soon as he catches the ball, if you're not all the way in his in his space, he's letting it go. He hit 5 of 7 from deep today or last night. He got to the free-throw line twice, hit 4 of 4 from, uh, from the free-throw line. He had a spectacular game as well. And I'm going to keep it a buck with you guys. His 29 points was extremely quiet for me. I don't know if you guys felt the same, but I did not know that he had 29 points. I knew he was playing extremely well, but I did not know that Sadiq had 29 points. It was very quiet, extremely efficient game by Sadiq. Played a great game. Him and Cade, that one-two punch was doing great. It wasn't coming off Sadiq going out there and isolating or trying to create every shot for himself. He was playing off of his teammates. He was playing off of Kay Cunningham. He was taking what the defense gave him and was playing uh, very, very, uh, what's the word? I'm like, decisive. He was great tonight. Him and Cade both were great tonight. Fun to see it. And really, I think the entire team played really well. Everyone on the team, I feel like, played a good game tonight. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about, honestly, this is why I've been really waiting to talk about. So we're going to cut to the, the ad break quickly here because this is what I really want to talk about. There was an adjustment, and this right here is why I think it's the best game of the season for the Detroit Pistons. So make sure you stay tuned to the second segment. There was an adjustment that Rex Kalamian did, which he filled in for Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey dealing with COVID, so we pray for him. But there was an adjustment that Rex, Rex Kalamian did in this second half, which makes it the best win of the season for the Pistons because it not only was on the players – but a tremendous coaching job, I felt, in this second half combined. I feel like that makes the best win of the season. We'll tell you, or I'll tell you, what this adjustment was and what it led to for the Detroit Pistons in this game. But first, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors. 
BetOnline AG. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all their amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. So again, check out their new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. Bet Online, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the channel, to support the podcast. So, if again, if you haven't already, head over there. Hit that subscribe button. I would really appreciate it. But here we go. This is why I really want to talk about. This right here is why I think made it the best game of the year for the Detroit Pistons. So I want to give a quick shout-out. before. I ended that last segment. I said that I felt like everybody on the team played well and did their job. Hemdu Diallo ended the game with 10 points. He was a plus nine on the field or on the court. Trey Lyles, he was 6 of 16, but he's going to be a part of this adjustment that we talk about coming up. Make sure you guys stay tuned real quick. Corey Joseph, tremendous play in the fourth quarter. He hit all four of his threes, had 16 points in 25 minutes. He was a plus five on the floor. Josh Jackson even contributed 5 of 11 from the floor. From the floor, 11 points, six rebounds, two assists. Even Cassius Stanley came in, had two of three field goal attempts, had four points on the game. Killian Hayes, he was two of eight from the floor. But again, he's about to be involved in this adjustment that happened in the third quarter, which I thought really took the Pistons to the next level. Even with Killian going two of eight, which is what you guys will realize, he was a plus five on the floor in his minutes. And you guys are going to see why, because... This adjustment by Rex Kalamian was absolutely spectacular. I've been waiting to see the the way I envisioned the Pistons playing before this season, the way I envisioned Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham playing before this season. This was the closest they've ever gotten to it the entire season. They've come nowhere close to this. Oftentimes they weren't even close to to like they, they didn't even play well together. They they were on the court with Killian Hayes just sitting in the corner tonight in this third quarter. Utah Jazz has Hassan Whiteside starting at the center spot. He had 21 points and 14 rebounds and three blocks. Now, this should tell you something right here. He finished the game a plus nine in his 33 minutes. I am telling you right now, if it wasn't for the adjustment that Rex Kalamian made, he would probably would have been like a plus 31 in this game, and the Utah Jazz would have blown out the Pistons. But Rex Kalamian, Realized for the entirety of the first half when they were playing Isaiah Stewart. And this right here is a, a perfect example of what I've been talking about and why Kelly Olenek needs to start when he gets back to full strength and why the Pistons need to either go get a legitimate stretch five or simply a five who can be a threat in the pick and rolls of lob threat something. Because Hassan Whiteside for the entirety of the first half, I haven't seen him dominate a game like this since he was in Miami when he first got brought back to the NBA. Hassan Whiteside was absolutely patrolling the paint defensively and destroying the Pistons. Every time they ran a screen, an off-ball screen with Stu, they ran a pick and roll, uh, anything that involved, uh, involved Stu, a dribble handoff, Hassan Whiteside was literally just standing in the paint. It was so bad 
that Greg Kelser pointed out during one of the commercial breaks and highlighted it. Hassan Whiteside was not respecting Isaiah Stewart even a little bit. He legit was just standing in the paint waiting for drivers to come to him. He ended the game with three blocks. I can't tell you how many more shots he altered in that first half. He dom- He was the best player for the Utah Jazz in that first half. He was dominating. Of his 21 points, I have to believe that at least like 17 of them came in the first half. He was legitimately dominating. You couldn't stop him defensively, and they couldn't stop him offensively because he was just too strong for Stu, and he was definitely too strong for Trey Lyles. However, in this third quarter, Rex Kalamian realized something. Two things that he did different that led to the Pistons winning this game. Two things. One, he took Stu out the game, and he brought Trey Lyles in and played Trey Lyles at the five. Now, what you may be thinking is, Koo, Trey Lyles and Hassan Whiteside, didn't you just say he was bullying? Uh, Hassan Whiteside was just bullying Trey Lyles on offense? Yes, he was. However, the Detroit Pistons completely just played Hassan Whiteside off the floor because he is not capable of playing defense in any type of space. He's not capable of doing it. With Stu on the floor, he doesn't have to move. He can just stay in the paint and patrol the paint and shut down any kind of dribble drive, no matter how bad the closeouts are, no matter how bad the Utah Jazz perimeter defense is, no matter how many dribble drives are allowed. It doesn't matter because Sean Whiteside was sitting there ready to clean it all up, which is what he was doing for the entirety of the first half. So in that third quarter, Rex Kalamian brought in Trey Lyles at the five for Isaiah Stewart, and it spaced Hassan Whiteside out. It brought him away from the basket, and things immediately opened up for the Pistons, opened up for Cade, opened up for the rest of the team, and the team ended up winning this game simply 100%. Cade was on fire, but that 100% is contributed to, or it can be attributed to, that adjustment Rex Kalamian made. Now, that doesn't sound like an amazing adjustment, some crazy adjustment that he made. This is the thing. And I don't think Rex Kalamian has been great when he's coaching either. There's a lot of things I hate that he's done. But I just don't know if Dwayne Casey makes that adjustment. Now, nowhere am I saying – I'm not trying to say fire Dwayne Casey for Kalamian. I'm just saying that's why it's such a good adjustment in my opinion. I don't know if it happens if Dwayne Casey is the coach. I didn't even think it was going to happen with Kalamian as the coach. So he made a really good adjustment that led to the Pistons winning. That's one. And two, along with the Pistons doing that and bringing Trey Lyles in the game, this, this quarter was by far – the closest I thought they would ever play with Cade and Killian. They were playing off of each other. Cade was playing off of Killian. Killian was playing off of Cade. They were running high pick and rolls. Killian takes a turn. Cade takes a turn. Killian takes a turn. Cade takes a turn. They were running pick and rolls for, and who the hell would have guessed that running some pick and rolls would have been a good idea? I'm being quiet because I've been asking for it all season. I don't get why you have two pick and roll players two pick-and-roll guards in your backcourt, and you don't run high pick-and-rolls ever. This third quarter was the most I've ever seen them run pick-and-rolls in my life. They ran it back to back to back to back. They ran it down the Utah Jazz's throats. And even with Killian going two of eight from the floor, this is how you will determine if Killian will be a good player. You continue to play him like that. Because his aggressiveness, him simply being aggressive and getting those shots up, one of them led to Isaiah Stewart putback. Two of them led to him getting an assist and kicking out the Cade, and one of them kicking out to Sadiq. And the other ones, he missed them, but he got to the rim, and he was being aggressive. And that led to him being a plus five on the court in his 22 minutes, simply because they let him play pick-and-roll games 
and it led to good play for the offense. Again, that that's how you will find out if Killian Hayes is a good player. Run that way with Killian. If Killian over the next year or next season and a half never develops his shooting, if the shooting percentage never gets better with you playing that way, that's when you'll know that Killian just won't be a good player in the NBA. However, playing him in the corner and just sitting him there, you will not find out if he's actually going to be a good player. You're not playing him correctly, not using him how he should be used. If you use him like you did today or last night in that third quarter and he does not improve on his shooting percentage a season a season from now, a season and a half from now, however long, then you can make your decision because you try to use him how he's supposed to be used. He's just simply not good enough for it. He's not a good player. There you go. But in that third quarter, you've got great results, even with him being two of eight. Because it led to Kate Cunningham going crazy. Cade was taking advantage of the pick and rolls. He was going psycho. And Killian, like I said, it led to a putback for Isaiah Stewart because he brought the big man out on a contested layup and Stewart was able to get easy putback. It led to two assists to Cade and Sadiq Bey. And not only that, Killian doesn't have to score to really make an impact in that pick and roll. Someone tweeted this to me today, one of you guys. I don't know which one did. But it was a great point and it's what you need to see. Killian needs to improve as a scorer, yes. But simply running him in pick and rolls makes the offense tremendously better because he punctures the defense every time. Even him without being a scorer, he's puncturing the defense and the defense is reacting and he's finding open guys every time, every time, every time. You want him to be aggressive, try to get to the basket? He did. He shot two of eight. Even with him not making the buckets. Right now, that's what you want to see. It led to great play for the Pistons. And not like I said, Kay Cunningham played tremendous because they finally let him run high pick and roll. And he played off ball and played off of the the the, the gravity Killian was creating for him. I don't get why, and we'll talk about this as well. I don't get why the Pistons haven't utilized this. Killian made life easier on Cade in that third quarter. Cade made life easier on Killian in that third quarter. They both had really good third quarters, I thought. Even with Killian not making those shots, they both had good third quarters. Cade went ballistic in that third quarter because they finally went one, five out, and played a stretch five, and two, ran him some damn pick and rolls. I don't get why that hasn't been something that should be emphasized all season. I don't get it. it I, I it Seriously, I swear to God, I hope they watch this third quarter film, and this is something that you see from now on moving forward in every game for the Pistons. It makes no sense why this wasn't already happening. It, it doesn't make sense. But that third quarter, best I've seen them play all year, best adjustment I've seen all year from the coach, and that's why I think this was the best team win for the Pistons. I absolutely loved what I saw in that third quarter, man. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Again, just to hit on this point one more time, Killing shot two of eight. He missed a lot of those shots in the third quarter. However, it does, that's how you will find out if he will ever be a good player. It's not by playing him in the corner and making him spot up. And when he doesn't get the ball and doesn't score, you say, well, looks like he'll never be able to score the ball in his hands. No, you give him reps as a pick and roll ball handler, which is what he was billed as coming into the league because of his playmaking and his pick and roll feel. You give him those reps. And in a few weeks from now, a few months from now, a season from now, season and a half from now, if his shooting percentages don't go up, then you'll know. Now you can make your decision. At that point, we can all say, okay, we tried with Killian. He's not a good player. But what we've seen before this wasn't even trying. He wasn't even really being given a fair chance. And you saw, again, even with him shooting two of eight, him being aggressive led to tremendous results for the Pistons. Once he starts, if he can start making some of these shots, if he can start making these shots at the rim or drawing fouls, 
it changes everything because he has such a great feel in the pick and roll already. Great passing accuracy. He knows how to manipulate a defense. He just simply needs to add that scoring feel. And the only way he's going to do that is by giving him reps. And that's just talking about killing. We're not even talking about how great Kate looked in the pick and roll, which we've been talking about all year. And I, you know what? I'm done looking at Synergy's charts, by the way, about their pick and roll numbers because Synergy counts these little half excuse my language, but half-ass pick and rolls that really are just handoffs and not real high pick and rolls. When you run the high pick and rolls, they both look so much better. Everyone feeds off of them. Sadiq had a great game because he was feeding off of this. Hamadou Diallo was feeding off of it. Trey Lyles was feeding off of it. Hell, even Corey Joseph was feeding off of it. I don't understand why this hasn't been the offense all year. I don't get it. The offense should quite literally be almost every time down the floor, it should end up in either a Cade or Killian pick and roll and let them create for the entire team. Why that hasn't been the case, I don't know. I don't, I can't give you guys an answer. But if that third quarter did not show all of you guys that that should be the offense for the Pistons, I don't know what will. I don't know what will. That was a long second segment, but that was, I had to talk, that was my favorite thing I saw from this game. It was so fun to finally see it because it attributed, it, it, it it made for such a great game and it led the Pistons on their comeback and was the reason why they came back in this game because they finally started running high pick and rolls with their two playmaking pick and roll guards and Cade was able to go on fire because of an adjustment to put a stretch five out there. When we come back, we'll talk even more about some of the adjustments and some of the things we saw in that fourth quarter of this game against the Utah Jazz. But first, I got to tell you guys about some of our lovely sponsors. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already, it's the best way to support the podcast. But yeah, man, I'm really hype. I'm really hype. You guys got to let me know how you guys are feeling. I'm seriously really hyped because of what I saw in that third quarter. That's really what I've been begging for all season. It literally is what I've been begging for all season with this team, with their backcourt. I, I don't get why that hasn't been something we saw all along. And it led to their best offense that we've seen all season. What they end with? They ended with like 31 assists, I believe. 30 assists on the game. I don't get it. I don't get it. And lastly, I just want to, again, I've said this a few times, but I really want to hammer this point home. And I want to make sure you guys understand me clearly when I talk about Killian Hayes. I'm not saying Killian will be a good player. I believe he can, but I can't guarantee you he'll be a good player. What my argument has been throughout the entire season has been you will not find out if he's going to be that good player if you don't give him a chance to actually play how he's supposed to be played. This third quarter is how he should be played every single game. He should have pick and roll reps. He should be able to create for others, try to create for himself. And again, like I said, in a few weeks, in a few months, season from now, season and a half, by, season and a half from now, hey, maybe they even wait to the end of his contract two seasons from now. If by then his shooting percent, he doesn't look like he's better as a scorer at all in the pick and roll, then you can make that decision because you've seen it. You gave him the chance. You let him get his reps. And then you can say, you know what? He's not a good player. You can give him up now. You can give him up. You gave what you did what you could for him. He simply just isn't a good player. And at that point, me and every other Pistons fan will feel fine because you actually used him how he's supposed to be used. And that then it falls on him simply not getting better. But what they were using him before beforehand as just wasn't – it wasn't really – he wasn't going to become a good player doing that. So hopefully they use this third quarter and you see him play that way more often. 
maybe it won't generate him or turn make him you know make more shots. Maybe he won't start scoring more. But the offense will look better because pick and rolls and they're. Let me say that again. It will look better because in pick and rolls they know how to manipulate the defense. They know how to play make for others. Even if Kenley is not playing well scoring wise, he knows how to get shots for others. And again you'll get a better idea of what he he is as a player and what he could be as a player. But there's something else I want to talk about. Enough with the Killian talk. You guys know I like Killian. I, I'm really high on Killian. I believe in him. I, I, I really want to see him get the best chance possible to work here in Detroit. But that fourth quarter, the Pistons did something that I don't think we've seen all season. And again, this is another good thing I love seeing from the coaching staff and them deciding to do. They went completely five out. Not just had a stretch five out there. They completely went five out with Kate as the main ball handler. Things you saw like the Houston Rockets do with James Harden, like Luka Doncic over in Dallas before this season. When you just have one primary ball handler and just shooters around him and let him create. This is the first time we've seen them do that all season with Cade. And it did tremendous things for him. They hunted out mismatches. They ran pick and rolls over and over and over with Sadiq Bey because Sadiq Bey had Bogdanovich on him. And he was not going to check Kay Cunningham. And again, this is why it's like a fun game, but also so frustrating. Because it feels like that's something that you should already have been like, you should have already been seeing. It's like Rex Kalamian in the second half put his players, every single player, he put them in the best position to succeed. And I think, to be honest, I have to be completely honest. I think that's the first time this season I can say that's happened. He spaced the floor out for Cade. He hunted mismatches with Cade over and over. And that allowed Cade to do what he does best. Isolate, get to the paint. If no one comes, he scores, which he did. And when they do help, he made the right pass every single time. And that's why Corey Joseph ended up with four threes because they were helping off of Corey Joseph and Corey Joseph got his shot every time created by Cade Cunningham drives in a five-out spaced floor. They kept Hassan Whiteside out there even when the Pistons brought in Trey Lyles in that fourth quarter and went to that five out again. And Hassan Whiteside was absolutely obliterated defensively because of that. Because Rex Kalamian put his players and the players on the court in the best position possible to succeed. It's the most creativity I've seen all season offensively. It's the best adjustment I've seen offensively all season. And that's why I think it's the best team win. There was a play in that fourth quarter. They had Trey Lyles in the corner. They had Corey Joseph on the right wing. And they had Cade at the top of the key, isolating against Bognadovich. Everyone was spaced out. He had the entire floor to work with. Bognadovich was not going to stay in front of Cade. And even before then, they had O'Neal, and he wasn't staying in front of him on uh, in front of Cade either. But either way, Bognadovich was not going to stay in front of Cade. And Cade completely zoomed by everybody. Probably one of the quickest drives I've seen them make. And at Whiteside, instead of just being able to patrol in the paint and just stand in the paint and just wait for someone to come to him, he had to rotate from the corner, something he's not capable of doing. He is not fast. He cannot do anything if he's forced to do stuff in space. And what happened was he tried rotating late on Kay Cunningham. Kay Cunningham finished over him. Tremendous finish and one. It was probably one of my favorite plays of the season because, again, and this is why I've been asking for all season from the coaching staff. This is why I've been asking for for years with this coaching staff. I don't need the team may not be great. The team may not have the most talent on the team. 
They may not be the most talented. They may not have the best players, but they have not been put in positions to succeed. So while the players may not be doing some of their parts because they're just not that good, the coaching staff has not put them in the best chance to succeed. So neither team, neither part has done their side of the bargain. Tonight or last night was the first time I've ever felt that the coaching staff for this team did that. First time ever. And you guys can't say you disagree. There's no way you guys can tell me you guys disagree with that. They did things that they hadn't done all season. They hunted out mismatches. They went five out. They ran pick and roll down a team's throat because they knew they couldn't stop it. They put both their pick and roll ball handlers, put the ball in both their hands and let them feed everybody else, let them feed off of each other, ran pick and rolls down people's throats, went five out, brought the stretch five to, into the game. Again, the hunting the mismatches part is something we had not seen all year. Not, you know, run a pick and roll on the right wing off of some action, whatever, and now Kate just has that right spot to work with or whatever because they happen to switch a big guy on him. No. They came down the floor. They spaced it out. Like, if you play 2K, that's literally what they did. They played 2K. Like, they literally done what you do in, in the Pro-Am. They literally spaced out the floor at all five spots. You know, in the three-point couches, and there's five spots you shoot from the corner, wing, top of the key, wing, corner. They literally did that. Two, two people in each corner. Two people at each wing. K comes up the middle. They find that mismatch. Sadiq Bay was to happen to have that mismatch. Sadiq came and screened every single time, got that mismatch. Once they got the mismatch with K, they spaced out and let him do it. We have not seen that kind of thing all year. We just haven't. That right there, and that's not even that creative, but that's the most creative we've seen this offense get. And that's that's probably what's made it the most fun for me to watch. That part and the part in the third quarter when they ran those pick and rolls with Kaylin and K over and over and over, and it led to the Pistons comeback. I hope that, you know, this this leads to some things moving forward. Maybe they see that, and now we see it more often. But who knows? Who knows with this team? Who knows? I, I Just for me, it makes – I've been saying it all season. And this is just what makes sense to do. It, it is just what makes sense to do. With Jeremy off the floor, let Sadiq feed off of Killing and Cade. Let Sadiq feed off the closeouts, the three-pointers. Let him make decisive decisions like that. Not put the ball in his hands all the time. When Jeremy was on the floor, don't put the ball in his hands all the time. Let him go isolation. That doesn't work. That's not doing anything. Hamdou Diallo, you're letting him attack rotating defenses, and that's why he's been so good. Yes, he can do stuff with his ball in his, with the ball in his hands a little bit too, and he's shown that. But really, he has been great at attacking rotating defenses because of the attention that Killian and Cade created tonight and beforehand the attention that either Cade or Sadiq created. That this offense can work. They don't have the most talent. They don't have the best players, but they have a player in Kay Cunningham who is fantastic, incredibly skilled, the number one overall pick who can make it work. And they have a second ball handler in Killian Hayes who may not be the best scorer, but will make those advantages for the other teams as well. If you give those two guys the chance to do it, the offense will look better doing that. The offense will always look better doing this. I will continue to say it. And that's why I enjoyed this game so freaking much, man. So freaking much. I loved this game they played. I hope you guys could probably tell that in my voice. I absolutely loved this game, man. But that's all I've got for you guys today, man. You guys got to let me know how you guys feel about this game in the comment section down below on YouTube or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. If you're not listening or watching this on YouTube, listen to this Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you're listening to it. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. Make sure you make Lockdown Bets your second listen every day, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. If you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel. 
Hit that subscribe button at Lockdown Pistons. It's the best way to support the podcast. And man, what a win. Seriously, you guys got to let me know what you guys think about what I've said. At most creative offense we've seen, most creative adjustments and in, in, in the best adjustments I've seen all season. That's why it's the best game of the year. Best game of the year. I'll see you guys tonight against the Chicago Bulls. Peace out, everybody. Stay safe and go Pistons.